actually um, that a lot of what I tell myself isn't true. Just kind of getting on the bike as opposed to how to ride a bike was powerful because I got to prove my brain wrong. My brain was just freaking out as I had that anxiety attack in my car, thinking it's going to be terrible. It's going to be judged. It's going to, I'm not going to lie. Pardon me. It's like all these homeless people are going to hug me. I'm not, I'm not proud of it. But it's true. It's going to have some fear there. They're going to take advantage. I don't know. My brain did anything, said anything. And that's when I realized I, I'm not my negative thoughts. Hey guys, welcome back to Normalize the Conversation. Today I'm here with special guest Jeremy Green. He is a mindset coach and host of the Social Ninja podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for calling me a special guest. <laughs> Thanks. So special. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. So how are you today? <laughs> Doing well. Um, full disclosure, I woke up in an awful mood and I just had grace with myself and I said, you know what? I, I, I'm going to do my morning routine. I got to do it because every time I do my morning routine, I always feel better. So it's a non-negotiable. And then my little, I always talk about this with my clients, but like my Brad is like that inner critic that's mean. It's like, oh, you, you're not going in the right direction and no one likes you and you're not bringing any value. Oh, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he just wants me to be safe, you know, that's his intention. The way in which he tries to get me that safety is not very nice sometimes. So I was like, it's okay, Jeremy. And then like, I brought out like my really kind part of me. So it's okay. Come on, get up. We're going to do this routine. So I got up and I did the routine and my gratitude and a journaling and I meditated for 20 minutes and then I went on a run and then you and I talked about it before we, we recorded. I started dancing at the I end of the block. I love that so much. I think a lot of times our inner critic tells us that we can't do anything, that we're terrible and it kind of keeps us wanting to stay in bed. It's like, why even try the day? And I love that you stick to your morning routine and you give yourself some grace so that you can get up and start your day. And the dancing, as we talked about before, is one of my favorite ways to start my day because you can't be in a bad mood when you're dancing. You're listening to music, you're just dancing, encouraging yourself, cheering yourself on. And it's just, it's an amazing way to put yourself in a good mood. Yeah, I mean, I guess the very beginning of dancing is always that test, you know? So, and you're dancing and the brain would be like, you look stupid for me personally, like, because I do it in the public. So people will look at me. I'm like, you look stupid. Why are you doing this? Is this not working? Let's think about a million things we have to do later. And it's just like, I hear you and just keep dancing. There's so much power and just like, it's like life. Things happen, but you can choose to dance even when things happen. Exactly. I love that. And our minds always want to tell us what what not to do and what's wrong with us. And mm-hmm. kind of there's always a restriction about something that's good for you. And mm-hmm. dancing and just listening to your body, letting movement flow and just relaxing is so good for you. And of course, that's when your brain is like, I don't want to do that. I want mm-hmm. to hold on to this negative energy that I'm feeling right now because it's yeah. kind of like a safe place for us mm. inside that inner critic. Mm, yeah no, you're right and um, our brains our brains straight up don't want us to be happy they don't that's art like my norm my normal my default is not being happy and for me it takes work to and my commitment to joy 
to enjoy my life because I having that awareness is really helpful because if, if I'm happy and satisfied and then I'm going to take more risks and if I take more risks then I'm not as safe so my brain will do anything in its power kicking and screaming to not be satisfied and confident because I'm if I, as I said if, if I'm confident then I'm taking risks but we still have like a caveman cave women like type brain now so but we haven't evolved since then in a sense but so having that awareness helps so much there's like i hear you but i'm gonna do it anyways i hear you i'm gonna do it anyways thank you so much like it's hard sometimes like no joke my brain you'd be like no one likes you and i'm like oh, thank you so much for trying to keep me safe <laughs> as i grind my teeth <laughs> it's so true our brains want to control us a lot of times we live within this negative mindset ourselves and our brains and our minds want to control our thoughts and where we stay and it is to protect us it's to keep us inside this bubble that we're in and I love 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 your commitment to constantly overcome this let's talk about the free hugs can you just talk about that let's just talk about it first off come here come here if you're listening to this (laughs) I'm giving you the best hug you've ever had I invite you to surrender to the love of this amazing hug. Yeah, you're amazing. Uh, <laughs> free hugs started. I was interviewed on the on a radio show called it was an inspirational hour, and this girl loved my story because I have my Jeremy talks to strangers Instagram, which we'll talk. I'm sure we'll talk about later on, and she loved the fact that I could push past my social anxiety, like debilitating social anxiety, and she challenged me to do free hugs and it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows i'm not gonna lie the, the day I, I told everyone i'm gonna do free hugs for the first time it's gonna be amazing i ended up in my car of the spot i was gonna give free hugs to with a debilitating anxiety attack I freaked out. I was in my car like, God, oh, no, I can't do it. Oh, my God. Uh, 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 uh. I was freaking out for hours. And the only reason I did it is because I had told so many people I was going to do it. So it was like that accountability piece. And I didn't feel like having those conversations with that many people saying I didn't do it. So I forced myself to do it. And I'll never forget that first time I put the sign up and I saw it's at a third street promenade in Santa Monica and it's very populated well, pre COVID. And then I put the sign up above my head and I, I just felt like everyone's eyes just go to me. It's like, ooh, as I put the sign up above my head and within 15 minutes, I had a, a lady crying in my arms saying like that she needed this hug so much and she feels so much better and then 30 minutes later at another girl i gave a hug to a really long hug to and then she followed up with me on like instant or messenger and instagram saying ever since my hug her life had turned around and that's when i was like oh my gosh i want more of this <laughs> so i did a spread kindness project from los angeles like to vancouver stopping along the way to like Oregon and Washington and all along there I actually gave a nice free hug to a guy in Vancouver and we became friends it turns out he was going through a depression because he had just gone through a divorce I'm like he he's suit tall dark and handsome suit professional just hanging out with us for an hour I'm like why is this guy just like hanging out with us and he's like honestly giving you a hug and hanging out was the only time today I wasn't depressed and I was like oh wow I ended up becoming friends with him, as I said, and I stayed with him. He let me stay with him. 
Wow. And I've done it in Asia as well, in Taiwan. That is absolutely incredible. Thank you. What was that like? You said you had debilitating social anxiety and you were having this massive panic attack right before. Mm-hmm. What was that moment like when you got out of the car and you put the sign up over your head? Tell me about that moment. Oh, that's so scary. It was just tied to so many stories that I had told myself for so many years from being bullied in middle school and being a punching bag for my oldest brother. And um, there was a piece where I had it where I don't deserve to be seen or I'll scare to be seen. I don't. And so there was that part in play and just being okay, being judged, even though I know intellectually, if anyone judges me, it's has never to do with me. It's a projection. As so like, I always say the way people treat you is a little better than they treat themselves. So Very true. It was scary to like have all those eyes on me and just be seen by that many people. There's like hundred people and people were like, I was the center of attention. It was so scary and people judged me. Absolutely. And what I realized is the people who stopped a hundred percent of the people who gave me a hug and stopped to chat were the most incredible people ever. And it's, that's when I realized I had to go through those people that aren't in alignment I have to get I had to get those failures in and put myself out there in order to find the people who I want in my life exactly and what did that moment do for your social anxiety do you think it really helped you overcome it at all yeah I think it it just even though I know because I've done a lot of transformational facilitation trainings I know intellectually um, that a lot of what I tell myself isn't true just kind of getting on the bike as opposed to how to ride a bike was powerful because I got to prove my brain wrong. My brain was just freaking out as I had that anxiety attack in my car, thinking it's going to be terrible. It's going to be judged. It's going to, I'm not going to lie. Pardon me. It's like all these homeless people are going to hug me. I'm not, I'm not proud of it. It's true. It's going to have some fear there. They're going to take advantage. I don't know. My brain did anything, said anything. And that's when I realized I, I'm not my negative thoughts. I think people have negative thoughts and they freak out. Exactly. So many of us want to do so many things and we have so many goals, so many plans. And when we're younger, it's so much easier to envision ourselves doing it. And as we get older, these negative thoughts really start to creep in our brains and have control over us. And we think we are those negative thoughts. We think that we're not enough, that we're not pretty Mm -hmm. enough, that we're not skinny enough, that we're not this enough or that enough. And we truly think we are what our negative thoughts are telling us, but Mm -hmm. we aren't. And the minute we choose to say, okay, I hear what you're saying, but I'm going to try it anyways. It really changes something. Yeah. Yeah. I I hear what you're saying and I'm going to try it anyways. Ooh, thank you so much. Just thinking it is a powerful one. And it's true. I, I see it often. So many people internalize. I did this. <laughs> I do this a lot where I'll internalize my neg- negative thoughts as reality. And it's, it's about separating yourself from those thoughts. And for me, one of them is I have, instead of like, I'm not good enough. It's I have the thought that I'm not good enough. Yeah. Or I notice 
that I have the thought that I'm not good enough. So it's separating yourself from those thoughts that don't serve you into becoming like who you want to show up in the world, like how you want to show up in the world. Is this thought or is this thought true? If no, no one likes you. Hold on. Francesca, do you like me? I love you. Boom. It's not true. <laughs> exactly. And it's a lot of our negative thoughts are things we could easily disprove. We can mm-hmm. easily turn it around. It's just if we take a moment to say, okay, again, I hear what you're saying, but this is why you're wrong. And it's naming it too. I do it with my clients. So I was like, let's name your negative thought. What's, his, what's its that. name? I love what's, that. What's your negative thought's name? Let's Me? name it right now. Yeah, you. Um, ooh. Ooh, yeah, I like it. Let's go. <laughs> you don't want to pick the wrong name. Doesn't matter. You can always change it. Um, Gina. Gina. Gina's like, Francesca, no one likes you. You're not doing enough. I mean, what does what is what is, what is Gina say to you? Oh, that you're not, I'm not enough. Mm, thanks, Gina. I hear you, girl. Come on. But deep down, Gina wants you to be safe. And then there's another part of you. What's the super supportive side of you called? Um, Brianna. Brianna. Brianna's like, you're doing the best you can. You, everyone likes you. You're bringing value everywhere you go. You're confident. You're doing the best you can. And Gina's like, no, you're not. <laughs> it's like the angel and devil on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. But there's not, they're not a devil. That's the, that's the thing. Like turning our inner critic into an ally is very important. So it's like, all right, Gina, what do you really want? And then that's like, Gina, what, when Gina says those things, what does she want? For you, she wants you to be safe. So it's like allowing her to feel that safety. Like, do you notice, like, what are you doing to give me that safety? I'm saying names. Is that peaceful? No. So I love you and I appreciate you for trying to keep me safe. But, and I, want to continue giving you attention however if you're gonna say those mean things i'm just gonna ignore you instead like hey are you open to maybe changing the ways you give me that piece because so i would give i'm down to give you more attention i want to work with you i love that that's a different way of looking at your inner critic such a powerful way to do it a lot of people reject their inner critic i did this a lot i still sometimes do it and that's, that's, that's okay as well. It's forgiving myself when that happens because it's normal. So it's about, yeah, a lot of people, yeah, as I said, people like to reject their inner critic. And what does it do? Gina's like, I'm going to speak louder because, you know, Francesca's not listening to me. Let me go ahead and speak. Let me say it louder because she's not listening to me. She's trying to reject me. Let me, it's almost like that drunk person at the party, you know, like, go away. You're not, we don't want you to come to this party. What is that drunk person going to do? It's going to go even crazier. So Very instead true. say, sit down, here's some water. Thank you so much for coming. I know you're, you're having a hard time. Give it some space. I love that so much. How did you learn to do it that way? Um, I went to a retreat in the forest and it was called the next step training. And it was training us literally a whole weekend of turning our inner critic into an ally our inner critics into allies. So the whole weekend consisted of making a table, like a round table of all our parts. So we got like the victim side of us. We got the inner child part of us. We got the the inner critic, as I said, the confident part of you, the unconditionally self-loving part of you, all the parts of the round table. 
and it was about understanding all and what they all want for us and just helping them creating a system where they can work together and helping us get what we want and like channeling them all out like we did this thing we'd literally move our bodies a hundred percent to inner critic and we're like what do you guys want what like it was so cool it was so cathartic and for me i remember one time i had this where i channeled the part of me doesn't care what other people think and there's this guy earlier in the in the meeting like picking his nose and i didn't say anything because i didn't want to like hurt his feelings but because i was committing to like being my don't care people think i was like and this guy picking his nose earlier what is he doing i just (laughs) just said all the things i was scared to say and not be a people pleaser it's very empowering that sounds like such an amazing retreat it was cool so earlier you mentioned being a punching bag Mm -hmm. and how that really helped develop your social anxiety and you use that to really overcome your social anxiety can you talk more about how feeling a punching bag for other people really affected you and brought on that social anxiety? Yeah, there's a a psychological idea called confirmation bias. And somebody learned about kind of somebody somebody recently. Well, so my oldest brother who was living with autism would use me as his punching bag because he was displacing his own challenges of the world onto me. And whenever the Lakers lost, whenever the Dodgers lost, whenever he lost in a video game, whenever anything happened, I would lose. So what ended up happening is I took on the story of I'm a punching bag. That's just my, that's who I am. I deserve to be, you know, I'm a punching bag. And so then I had that, those belief system, that belief system, and then when I went to middle school and I got an argument with a friend of mine, he has a perfect relationship. He was looking for, for a punching bag because he was going through his own identity issues. And he actually came to my podcast recently. And um, yeah, he's like, because I had that belief system of I'm a punching bag, it was a, it was a match made in heaven. And he ended up, you know, bullying me. And because I thought you know, I had that a belief that I'm a punching bag I just took it I didn't defend myself and then he got like a whole crew of people against me and I'm like I'm, I'm punching bag so it, it, it fit my narrative it fit my belief system so I confirmed like confirmation bias it confirmed my belief I think, system I think a lot of people allow their trauma to become their identity mm-hmm. and it sounds like that's what you did when you were the punching bag for your brother you then became everybody's punching bag and it was normal mm-hmm. and that was just who you were so how did you overcome that <laughs> good questions um f- combination of things from like i said all the different exposure therapy social challenges that i've done interviewing celebrities in red carpet um 10-day meditation retreat where I couldn't talk for 10 days and I meditated 11 hours a day, um, going to men's meetings for the last almost four years now. And in the beginning I was going for two times a week, which is quite the commitment. And it's like two, three, this three hours each meeting. So I was going to meetings for six hours a week and processing the trauma, like really feeling the trauma because for for me it's like a in my subconscious I have a carpet and trauma happens and I just 
dust it under the rug, pretend like it's not there. And I keep doing that. And I keep doing that. And when, what ends up happening is I, I take it out in places in my life. It doesn't belong. Like, have you ever been so mean to someone or been angry with someone or, and you're like, wait, it's, it's not even that big of a deal. Why am I being so mean to this person? It's because it's a mask. It's actually that part of you that you're not processing coming out in other areas. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Displacement. And so I went head on, like our brains don't want to go head on. It wants to keep us happy and safe. Right. I guess safe. Uh, So I went head on with it and I really felt the anger at a meeting. I I was, the story is I had, a second date planned with a girl and she flaked on me and I was so angry and it, it made no sense logically because I actually wasn't into her so but like why am I so angry I'm not even into her this makes no sense and then I want to process why am I so angry at this girl because it doesn't make sense I didn't realize till after that anger I had for her was actually a mask of the anger I had for my bully 20 years prior wow so then I really felt the anger for the first time in 20 years because I was so scared of my anger like I was like we label our emotions in our society these days as bad or like anger is bad sadness is bad so I finally felt the anger all out screaming like I really felt it it was because I had a pro- someone processing it and I was feeling it and yelling oh, screaming and then I always say like a champagne bottle I start tearing up like oh just crying and crying and crying and this is just sadness and pain that i've been holding on to for 20 years francesca wow and then like what's that story what's that story i'm like good enough this isn't that i said all the stories that i took on from that trauma and as i let it out they're like what do you want to put in this space it's like i people i'm loved and seen by the people around me i am love I am a gift to this world. I am on the right path. And I just put out all the positive stories that I want to put in its space. And I anchored it, put my hand in that area of my body where, because my your body holds on to the, to this stuff. And a lot of people try to think their way outside of trauma, which makes no sense because the trauma is in your body, not in your head. Exactly. So I put those new stories in its space and I kept saying, and they had me, look at all the guys in the group saying it to them over and over as I'm in tears, they're in tears. <laughs> and then they put up a mirror and I said it to myself, like, you are a gift to this world. You're seen and loved by the people around you and you're an inspiration. I love that so much. That must've been really overwhelming at first and very, were you afraid to release that anger to terrified to react in front of so many people and to show them your vulnerability terrified my brain conditioned me to to see it as a weakness i was as i'm screaming and yelling my brain's like oh they're judging the crap out of you because that's how i was programmed but in and i was crying all my tears out oh they're all judging you and i look around everyone's in tears and everyone afterwards is like i'm so inspired by your work i was like what really Wow. Well, I never forget that first time that that night when I took that first breath after letting it all out and replacing it with the new stories, I took that first breath and I was like, <sighs> and that's when I, I, yeah, it was a really pivotal moment in my life where I realized to not be scared of my emotions 
And I know this is lady I talked to recently where she talks about feeling sadness and anger and all the quote unquote negative emotions. It's just like pooping. It's just something you do every day. Like, <laughs> I love that. And society does condition us to not want to show our vulnerability, to not mm-hmm. want to show that we are feeling sad or feeling angry or feeling hurt or feeling jealous. These are all normal feelings. They're part of the five main emotions. Mm-hmm. And yet we see them as negative, as bad, as weakness, when in fact, it's our reactions and how we use them Mm -hmm. and display these emotions that can be positive or negative, but the emotions themselves aren't positive or negative, they're neutral. And if you don't release them, they come out in negative ways. Mm. It's so, so important. I'm so happy you shared that story because there's not enough, especially with among men, where you can't cry, you can't release, you can't let it out. You have to hold it all in and continue to sweep it under the rug. Yeah. And your every emotion can be used for a positive thing. For example, you can use anger to set a healthy boundary. Exactly. Channel it in a positive way. I have anger. All right. How can I channel this in a positive way? Hey, the way you're treating me is not okay. And if you continue to treat me this way and displace your stuff and your life and be negative, I'm not going to be your friend anymore. It's not okay. Using the anger as like a, as a fuel to a healthy boundary, oof, or using sadness to really connect with someone. I did, I I staffed like a transformational retreat in Australia and I was crying and yelling and doing my whole thing and crying i think I was, I was feeling sadness and because i felt that sadness the the amount i was able to connect with the guy the guys there were so much deeper so the sadness can be used to get help exactly to lean on somebody for support to have a place to start a conversation from it can be so beautiful to feel every emotion and a lot of times we only want to feel the happiness and we only want to show people the happiness and that becomes this toxic positivity Mm -hmm. and then this toxic gratitude where it doesn't matter what's going on that's making you sad because you have so much to be grateful for Mm. but even though you're grateful you can still feel sad and feel your emotions Mm. yeah it's so so important that we change the narrative of these emotions i think we're, we're, we're we're on the right path i think so So you also have, like you said before, Jeremy Talks to Strangers Instagram account. And your thing is talking to strangers, reaching out to people and connecting with them. Mm -hmm. How did you start doing that? To be honest, it started out as a accountability piece because I I was offered a gig and you're being celebrities on the red carpet in Hollywood. And my mentor pushed me to make a video with a stranger a day on an Instagram that I'm not using just so I don't have the pressure of performing. And it was so hard. Like the first, whatever amount of time I was like, Oh, I don't want to do it today. Oh, they're going to be so mean. It's going to be awful. I noticed I judged to try to keep myself safe, other people. And then I had to do it. So every day to no avail. Hey, I'm doing a talk to a stranger, make a video every day challenge. Are you okay with being the person? Some people said no. Most people said yes. I love that. And they were so friendly and they were so excited to support me in this mission of talking to someone every day. And that's when I realized 
how powerful it was. And I, and I realized I judged, I was judging people. And that's when I realized how I felt so much better. Like I was so much happier connecting to people and my confidence talking to people and my confidence in my own skin went up. And then it turned into, like, oh, I want to inspire more people to like really love themselves. I want to inspire more people to, to authentically connect. And for me, it wasn't about transactional energy. I get so frustrated. I get it. But we live in this world, in my judgment, where it's like, well, how can, what could I gain from this relationship, from this conversation? What could I get from them? Wow. And it, we lost the joy and just an experience seeing connection is just an experience let's connect just for the experience no no pressure i love that and i think you start to realize a lot of people are looking for connections a lot of people are and we judge ourselves more than others judge us and a lot of times our insecurities and our fears that people aren't going to like us and want to talk to us are Mm. really only inside our heads And other people Mm -hmm. are so excited to have these conversations while at the same time feeling that same insecurity. Are they going to like me? Mm -hmm. We all feel that in our heads and we all go through that vulnerability and that fear of not being good enough of being judged. But what we judge ourselves for, other people tend not to judge us for that. Mm. We also are mean to ourselves because indirectly, like I'm being mean to myself so other people aren't allowed to. Exactly, or it doesn't hurt as much when someone else mm. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. A good technique I like to do is if I'm, if I'm mean to myself, I'll force myself to apologize to myself. Like, it was my, I said it to my best friend. I'm like, Jeremy, I'm so sorry for being mean earlier. I just want you to make progress so badly. And it, the way I did it was not right. I'm so sorry. It just like, it feels good. It sounds like that would be an amazing experience to forgive yourself, forgive yourself for the pain that you caused yourself. And when you do it repeatedly, you allow yourself to understand that it's okay, that sometimes you're going to have these negative thoughts. That's part of being human, Mm. but you don't have to let them control you and you can forgive yourself and move forward past them. Yeah. Literally the first step in healing is creating a compassionate relationship with yourself. I love that so much. So you started Jeremy Talks to Strangers. You started Free Hugs. When did you start your mindset coaching business? Um, so I have the Social Ninjas podcast was before that. And um, yeah, that go another... through the timeline. <laughs> the, Social Ninjas, <laughs> the Social Ninjas podcast was also started out from a challenge. I met another guy on Instagram who also had social anxiety. And we're like, oh, twins. See, exactly. Like, you make a bond through trauma. Me too. Like, it's like one of these things. And it started out as like him and I did a, a challenge. It was scary at, at, in time. I'm not going to lie. To do an Instagram live with him. Whew, I was terrified. And we did it. And it felt really good. And we just saw it as a rep. Like, I always talk to my clients. I'm like, just look at it as a rep. Just do it as a rep let go of you know results just do the reps how many reps could you how many fails can you get in like celebrate the fails i always talk about that with my clients it's amazing anyways um yeah i did that and they're like let's do a podcast we started doing a podcast and we we, we loved it it was perfect because 
uh, we would teach stuff like on confidence and social helping people get over social anxiety and mental health and all these amazing tips and proper way to eat and stuff like that. And then, you know, if you t- it's the best way to learn is to teach it. And then as I did that, I was living in Taiwan and I was like, let's have a guest. So that was scary. That first guest was, I was so uncomfortable. It was not, it was not sunshine and rainbows. Let me tell you. And I, I started out just, it was hard to get anyone on the podcast. So I started out with just friends and then did that. And I actually, I did coach in the past before the, the social ninjas podcast. I was, um, I did some social coaching where I would help people just gain social confidence so I once had a client and I would take, we'd go out in public area and I was almost like a fitness instructor before his socialization. So I say, give me 10 hellos to strangers. So you go, hello, that's one. Come on, nine more. Hello, come on, okay. eight more. He has severe social anxiety. Se- seven more. It was like going to the gym, like doing it. Oh, I don't want to do another push up. Basically the same thing. I'm like, come on, baby. Give me seven more. He's like, oh, okay. And you're like, hello. And you get to 10. I'm like, hell yeah. And then like, no joke the fourth person can give him the dirtiest look. And I see him like kind of reacting. I'm like, good rep, good rep, six more baby. And then I'd move move on to like harder quote unquote, like more challenging stuff, which was uh, give me 10 compliments on something they have control over and then 10 conversations. And anytime he got overwhelmed, that's when I would do my magic of helping him. Like, all right, what is that feeling? Where did it come from? And that would actually help him get through that stuck piece. And that's where you can do a little bit of a reprogram. And then I realized just, I realized that the way people talk to themselves actually has a cellular, it can actually change your, 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 your genes, like your cells in a sense. Like you can actually reprogram. It's like, what is it called? It's called, um, what is it called? When you can reprogram your brain is a, oh, I'm in a brain fart. I'm not going to know the terminology. Oh, Francesca. But it, you can li- it literally reprograms your brain. So I started affirmations a lot, positive affirmations. I, I, repro- I noticed I reprogrammed my brain through the process of me getting over my social anxiety. And I wanted to help other people get, get over it as well because I know how painful it was. Like I literally was on the floor at one point in my life. I was on the floor. I couldn't stop crying. I didn't want to be here. I don't want to be living anymore. And I was a scary moment to where I am today. I was like, I want to help as many people as I can to love the all over themselves and come home to themselves and just be fully expressed in all aspects of their life. That lights me up. It lights me up so much. So, So then, yeah. So then I hired a coach and first thing she said is all right jeremy the first week i don't want you to get any clients i just want you to love all over yourself and i want you just to be of service just help as many people as you can so i said okay and then i didn't had a client in a long time i've done some dating coaching in the past as well and i hadn't had a client in a while and i just remember the first week of working with her i got three clients wow that's incredible. And yeah, I I paid like it paid off the three month program in the first week, and it's that power of just not doing it for the money and just loving all over yourself and just being of service, and that's when the most magic will happen in your life. Is what I realized. Yes, when you take what you're passionate about and your desire to help people make a difference, 
and you move forward with that, Mm. it's just magic. Show up 100% and surrender to whatever happens. Exactly. So you started mindset coaching as a way to help others not feel what you felt, Mm -hmm. as a way to reclaim their power before Mm -hmm. it consumed them. A lot of people do. That is absolutely incredible. I think a lot of people take their pain and their trauma and they let it destroy them or control them. And you use that specifically, took it and turned it into a way to make a difference in everyone's life around you. Mm -hmm. You're a hero. Thank you. (laughs) You are. You're saving lives. And my favorite thing, back to the free hugs. How (laughs) many people do you think that you hugged really needed that connection, really just needed a hug. I know there's sometimes when it feels like the world is ending for me and I just want to give up. And the only thing that I really just need is a hug and not to have that connection, especially during quarantine and the pandemic, not being able to have human connection. How many people you were able to provide that connection to? I feel like some of them it's happened. They just didn't tell me, um, but a lot I've had, um, this late, I had, a, I once had it where well, in the beginning there was a challenge of when do I let go? Like there's all these rules of free hugs. Like you don't ask for the free hugs. You have the sign up. You don't say, Hey, you want a free hug? You don't do that at all. And then you just pull the sign up and have them come up to you. And then, the challenge of challenge for me is like did my own work. When do I let go? That's and I, that, that's a small piece had so much tied to it. And the way, the reason I say that, cause I would have it where I'd be hugging them and I'd like want to let go. Cause oh, I don't want to be a burden. Like it, it came out in the middle of the hug. Oh, I don't want to hug you too long. I feel bad, which makes no sense. So the rule is you let go and they let go. I love that. That was growth for me. That sounds like a really powerful exercise too. I think we're so quick to want to let go and not feel attached and not feel close to people because Mm -hmm. it's scary and we don't want to burden them. Mm -hmm. But to hold on and let go when they're ready to let go. There's so much power in that. This lady in Canada just was not letting go. And I was like, let's go, let's grow. Like I was uncomfortable. I was like, let's grow. And we held on. She's crying and crying and really need that hug. And she was holding on for, I think it was like a 10 minute hug. 10 minutes. That's beautiful. Probably the longest time we ever had. (laughs) That sounds, what was that like? Was that terrifying? Was it, it sounds like it'd be a little bit uncomfortable, a 10 minute hug with a complete stranger. Super uncomfortable. It was so, I was like, uh, I feel like, uh, and I surrendered. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to let go and you let go. I love that so much. Jeremy, you are, like I said, a hero, just an absolute earth angel. And I'm so, so happy that we connected. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you, Francesca. And I want to argue, and I'm not really arguing, say the amazing you see in me is the amazing you see in yourself. <laughs> <laughs>